How do we do this? <laughs> what do you mean? How do we start? Welcome back to the Creative Coding Podcast. Episode 39. After we've been off air for about 18 months or something, is that we've right? Just, we've just had a little break. Little break. Just a mid-season break. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like half term, really, isn't it? <laughs> Perhaps we better talk about why we stopped doing it. Yes, that's probably a good what idea. What happened? I can't even remember. I, I honestly don't really know. I think that I had lots of other stuff going on at the time. Yeah. Um, I was like freelancing full time, like five days a week, like office hours in London. And I don't live in London, so... <laughs> <that> was... <laughs> I was doing lots of commuting and stuff. You just DM'd me to say you didn't want to do it anymore. I mean, well, <laughs> okay. That was basically if we want to, it, wasn't if it? If we want to air all our dirty laundry. That's not that's not dirty laundry. It was a perfectly <laughs> reasonable conversation. I think It was just a, a breakup. I think that, like, there was a series of IMs where it was like, oh, I just think that we should do it, like, a bit less, or I think we should just do them, uh, whatever. And then it became, yeah. I think let's we should not just do it. let's not do it. <laughs> but then we so we were going to do a goodbye episode, weren't we? That's the thing. Yeah, and, we and never then, did uh, it. Then I then I was like, oh, actually, I think I want to keep my options open. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we yeah. never did a goodbye episode, and then we just never did anymore. So sorry about leaving you all in the lurch. The other thing was, I think we both had a not very much idea of how how many people were listening or whether people were enjoying it because we weren't getting a great deal of feedback were we well we had on when i was hosting the podcast we had some bad statistics that suggested we were insanely popular sort of like (laughs) bigger than one direction in terms of our downloads and stuff and then when we transferred the hosting over to seb our numbers went down by about 90 percent. was it (laughs) yeah something like that so we were like oh we're not quite as popular as we we thought we were but then what did we have? We had a recent revelation, didn't we? I was just like looking at pod because podcasting is like big news again. Like this is the second wave, the renaissance of podcasting, really, because like it was super hyped about 10 years ago and it never really went anywhere. But now there's things like Serial, which is like a, a massive mainstream like success um, and podcasting sort of back. It sort of it seems to be actually living up to what it promised to be now, if that makes sense. I still haven't... I know nothing about Serial, but I guess I should look it up. But can you give me a quick overview? Oh, Serial's fantastic. It's like a true crime investigation of, like, uh, not like a cold case, but, like, uh, uh, someone who was convicted of murder and basically looking at what the evidence was that that they were convicted for and whether they should have been convicted basically right. and uh it's quite interesting yeah that sounds it's, interesting. it's gripping and it's presented in a way that really like uh it's really great storytelling like it really like keeps you hooked and stuff yeah but yeah. then you saw was wasn't it something on itunes you yeah saw... so i was just searching on itunes i was like because i listen to loads of podcasts i was like i wonder what the top coding podcast is so i just typed coding into iTunes and it, we're the number one coding podcast. We came up first. Yeah. Like, oh, yay. yay. Oh, that's People weird. Listen, and then it's like, oh, actually, that's a bit out of date. So then um, I logged in again and had a look at the stats. 
Yeah. And the last episode that we did had over 10,000 listens. Right. There's That's... like actual for real list. Like, I think the uniques was like 8,000. Yeah. And then we were like, oh my God, I suppose it's quite popular. That's really popular, isn't Maybe it, really? Maybe we should probably do it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and anecdotally, people seem to like the podcast and miss it and stuff. And yeah, we, we have, all get, we we get the, the occasional... Comment. Yeah, we get the occasional tweet, like, when's the podcast coming back? Although people have stopped now, like they've given up all hope. Yeah, and perhaps they have. <laughs> um, but no, we're back yeah. like a phoenix from the ashes <laughs> and other cheesy metaphors. Um, we've, got, we've got a Twitter account. Yep. And a Facebook page, like we're going all in this, this time. This is we're doing this it like, properly this time. It's not amateur hour anymore. <laughs> we're doing it for real. What's the Twitter ID? The Twitter is cc underscore pod. And so cc as in creative coding underscore pod. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. And the Facebook. The Facebook is facebook.com slash creative coding podcast. Yes, all one word. No, nothing. No funny no, punctuation nothing. business. Yeah. Cool. So go and like it. And yeah, what do you do and with the, Facebook? Like, I don't. I don't. Really yeah, you like Facebook. on Facebook. So do that and <laughs> follow us or follow on Twitter. Yeah, tune in to Creative po- Coding Podcast to learn all about how to do social networking. Yeah. We can. <laughs> we can tell you. Okay, yeah. most patronising ever. Right. Um, Good. What's that's it, isn't it, for the introduction? Yeah, I think so. We've even got topics now. We're like properly. Pro- We've got this high tech system where we know we know like what we're going to talk about next it's like telepathy <laughs> it's like clairvoyance actually so what telepathy are we talking about my, next uh i reckon we're going to talk about seb's 18 months my favorite topic <laughs> we'll, we'll get to you my second favorite topic <laughs> after okay. what have i been to? oh my god it's been 18 months so much has happened i can't even quite believe it but i hadn't even done the pixel pyros tour yet right it was like right. may 2013 Pixel Pyre is the big installation uh, that I did in 2012. Interactive fireworks display uses projectors and lasers and a big screen and interactive sort of touch points. Basically, like 25, 30 people can all trigger fireworks with their arms and have them shoot up the building or the screen. And yeah, so last time we did a podcast, I was still getting this tour together. It was a big tour of the country. Um five dates in four cities uh, and that was pretty massive actually in fact I vaguely remember I did a podcast with Stacey Mulcahy right. and uh, what was her podcast called it was called Bitchcast or something like that something inappropriate like that <laughs> um, and I just remember that it was like right before the tour and everything was going wrong and I was really depressed <laughs> And it was like the most like negative podcast interview ever. It was like, yeah, don't do anything in real life. It's just too hard to stick to computers. <laughs> but actually it went really, really brilliantly and everything was good. And uh, yeah, it was a hugely positive experience. And then, so this, because like last year was such a massive single project. It took my entire year, really, that project. Hmm. This year I thought... I'll do lots of little projects. It started off, so I've just done loads, and, and mostly with lasers as well, because I spent so much time last year figuring out how to work with lasers that this year I just thought, yeah, everything's got lasers. It's all lasers. Everything. Do you own a laser now? I, well, I owned a laser last year as well, but it's only a little one. It's like, well, I say little, it can still blind you. 
Right. It's one... Oh, okay. I've got a question. Yeah. You know when you know a CD player is a class two laser pro- product or something? Yeah. What does that mean? Do you know that? I don't. No. I think it's a vis- it's a visible laser, isn't it, in a CD player? I don't know. But I just I don't... don't know what the difference is between the different classes. I have no idea. Have you got actually. a class one? I don't know. I could I could have a look. Are the government going to knock on your door? Actually, it's in my storage <laughs> unit, so it's only a one watt laser, which, right. which can still properly blind people and is still a bit dangerous, but. Um, the one we took with Pixel Pyros was a 10 watt, no, 11 watt laser. Right. So it's 22,000 times more powerful than a laser pointer. Yikes. Yeah, so it's quite. quite and you're, not, you're allowed that without a license or anything? Yeah, you are. So I think with stuff like that, you just need to really show that you can use them. Like, yeah. And our laser suppliers, they have this massive document. It's like a 30 page book. Yeah which they send to the council like right. six weeks before, you know, they just get this big document on their desk. I think it's like more for insurance and health and safety. If something goes wrong, you just need to show that paper trail. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's pretty serious. There's a lot of, a lot of health and safety stuff. Like we just don't point the lasers at anyone. No. And we have it all masked off physically. So you get this special expensive laser tape that you put across the window where you don't want the laser to go right across the little window in the laser i mean there's a little yeah that it pokes out of and you can stick masking and that stops it, it hitting yeah lots of people shouldn't. do um audience scanning right you know when they make the laser go into the audience and you have a trippy experience okay and there's there's all maths that you can do to figure out how how fast the laser has to move and how bright it has to be right but it's really we're just too scared to do that. So if you're a, a music gig or something and a laser starts pointing at you, like how, how worried should you be? Well, you can, you can damage your retinas yeah, quite easily with, with lasers. I mean, I hope that in a public place like that, usually if they're scanning fast, you know, yeah, the laser's moving around fast to make shapes and stuff, you'll probably be all right. But yeah. I definitely would avoid looking at the laser directly if I was you. Yeah. And if someone wants to get into doing stuff with lasers, like how easy is the hello world of like making your picture of a cat? Well, it's quite difficult, actually. Um, So there was, um, well, there's an open source hardware project called EtherDream Mm -hmm. that is a a laser interface box. I think they're about $200. And you can order those from America and then plug them into the network. And they produce this laser format called ILDA or right. ILDA, International Laser Display Association, I think. It's quite an old school format. It's like basically analog and it goes down like a parallel printer lead. No, <laughs> right. you know, like one of those 25 pin D cables. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you just need something that can convert the digital signal into that analog format. So that's what this EtherDream does. Um, and you can communicate through it down the network. I think it uses UDP. Uh, and there's a, a an open frameworks plugin that Memo worked on uh, called OFX. There's two, OFX EtherDream and OFX ILDA. Right. So actually to get all that plugged in, well, of course, then you need an ILDA compatible laser. And they're quite expensive, I suppose. Probably the cheapest one might be five or six hundred pounds. But... The ones with the cheaper controllers aren't very good. Right. So you ideally want to get as a, a highest quality controller as possible. When I talk about the controllers, I'm talking about the 
galvanometers or galvos that move the mirrors and the circuitry that controls those right because you want to be able to move those as fast and accurately as possible yeah to get like coherent displays yeah so the cheap some of the cheaper lasers just have kind of crappy controls and you can't get very accurate sort of shapes and stuff yeah so um Um, the it's basically the barrier to entry for doing laser stuff is still massively high it's not something that's been made easier well ether dream certainly makes it cheaper and easier um although it's not without its problems i had to do quite a lot of work um because although memos add-ons can actually have you writing dots you basically write a series of points to the laser and you tell it what color each point should be and then right. you see if it's still on while it's moving between points it right. will leave a line right and although you can in theory do 80,000 points per second on a good laser yeah. um you you basically that's not like 80,000 points in different places it's no. basically just a way for you to control the path of that laser yeah so you've got to kind of figure out if you want it to do a corner you've either got to slow it down in the corner and then speed right. it up again or sometimes you can sort of do a little clever loop and turn the laser off while you're looping around the corner and okay. stuff like that interesting um but there's all that's obviously sort of the hard part and that's what i spent most of my time developing with pixel pirates is and that can you do something maths. like could you do something like asteroids yeah absolutely i mean asteroids if you remember the original arcade game was uh, an xy vector game yeah so it didn't yeah. have a scan lines in the cathode ray tube it was literally moving the cathode ray around yeah obviously it's easier to move a, move a cathode ray than it is a laser because with the laser you've actually got a physical mirror that you're rotating yeah whereas yeah. with a cathode ray it's like an electromagnet um but yeah i mean that's sort of what everyone does isn't it asteroids and in fact both with Pixel Pyros and with a subsequent project, Laser Arcade, I did make asteroids. You know, you just got it really, don't you? Cool. I wonder if we could put on to the show notes the video. There's the one you did that was like the conference opening that I saw. Oh, yeah, that was Smashing Conference in, was it February or March last year? Where basically they said, we want something cool for the intro. And, and I wanted to play with lasers some more. So I said, well, if you give me the money to hire a laser and a bit of extra money I was speaking as well then I'll do it and yeah it was quite it was quite a difficult project I worked with Val Head on that one as well um you know regular podcast friend and designer Val Head um so we we just thought well it was unusual because usually everything I program is interactive right everything Mm. responds to user input so to do something that was completely like linear yeah I mean, it was responding to mute the music, so we had a music track. Um, but essentially, it was just a big laser show. And we thought, well, like usual conference openings, you, usually, you often have like an animation, right? Yeah. Or some sort of video. Um, so we made this animation, we put it on the projector. Um, but then after about 30 seconds or a minute, uh, we turned the laser on. So the animation sort of broke out of the screen and, and went all over this huge domed building, which is yeah. the oxford town hall so that was yeah everyone was like oh, you know interesting and then it was like whoa poof, you know it all just blew up out of the out of the the room and there was a pipe organ as well so i mapped the, <laughs> the laser onto the pipe so i made right. a graphic equalizer out of the pipe organ and I, I i mapped the shape of the dome as well so i could make things look like there were rings of light traveling down the the the, the inside of the dome so yeah it was pretty fun but it was 
quite hard, um, especially because we couldn't really test it out at the at the venue until like the day before when we set it up. And yeah. most of it sort of worked okay, but I just knew that if we could just do a little bit more work on it, it would be really much better. So so basically we didn't get any sleep that night. We just spent all <laughs> night programming like last minute sort of little extra particles and effects. And I'm really glad that I did because, yeah, it was a really, really pleasing project. Yeah, I'm sure the video doesn't quite capture it, but the video is still very cool. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Well, with everything, it's all about the video, isn't it? The video is really important. <laughs> um, we did another project for Smashing in New York. Obviously, I couldn't go. I still can't get into America. Check the last, the, the check podcast episode 38 <laughs> if you want if you want to know the story. Um, but Val went to America and we did this interactive band with glow sticks. Yep. So um, the audience was split up into four and each section of the audience was a different instrument and the more they waved their glow sticks the sort of more dynamic that musical part became mm. so that was my first chance this year to work with music so i was a musician for most of my 20s and in this sort of new career i've always been meaning to sort of introduce some sort of musical element into it but i've just never been able to do it until Oh, I've just been doing other things instead. Yeah. But this year I thought, yeah, I'm going to finally introduce music into my projects, like properly dynamic music. And that was the first chance to do that. And it was pretty fun. And cool. that was that was sort of in the build up to my other big project this year, Laser Light Synths, which obviously had lasers, but also had these light synthesizers that I made out of super bright LEDs and touch notes, touch panels that played the notes the idea with that was that another it was another big outdoor installation like pixel pyros but this time it lets the public be the the band right so you'd get to play one of these synths and there's four and each one is a different instrument and so yeah you can be the band in this show and as you play like lasers project up the building obviously lasers it's got to be lasers doesn't it um so that was really fun but of course, like most people can't just play a musical instrument because it's it's really hard. There's a lot of notes, right? And mm-hmm. most of them are wrong. So the first thing <laughs> yeah. I did was just take out all the wrong ones. Yeah. So it's in a certain key. <laughs> it's in a certain key. Yeah. It's actually for the if you're if you want to be geeky about it, it's the minor pentatonic scale, which is uh, the yeah. same scale that you well generally if you're doing like a guitar solo or something you just can go up and down the pentatonic scale and yeah that's the black that's the black keys on the yeah the minor pentatonic scale is the black keys on a on a keyboard so you know you can pretty much just slam any of those and it always sounds (laughs) nice um and the second thing was i locked it into time as well so um but because i'm a musician i really didn't want it to feel like a patronizing instrument i wanted to feel like it there was genuine expression there Mm -hmm. you know that was the idea was that it could give you the chance to feel what it was like to express your musicality so i didn't want it to be too dumbed down but yeah it seems to be really it was probably the the best reaction i've ever had to an installation oh cool and i usually get pretty good you know people tend to enjoy it but this was something very intensely enjoyable about this so i'm really pleased because obviously we're perfectionists right we just see everything that's wrong with it and it's like oh that'll do i'm a bit depressed but i guess i've run out of time that would just have to do yeah and and of course usually the things that you 
run out of time for aren't that important. <laughs> and it's like the simple stuff. As long as there's enough sort of delight in there, then you'll be fine. And I was fine. That's probably it for my 18. I'm sure there's loads of other things that I've missed out. I've done loads yeah. of hardware. I've been working on a 3D printer, <laughs> servo motor, oh, loads. But yeah, I, I could go on the whole <laughs> the whole time. We need to get onto your 18 Do you want to talk months. about your electronics thing or should we do that at the end? I'll talk about that. Maybe another episode, but we'll see how we <laughs> yeah. get through. Um, well, we need to know about your 18 <laughs> okay. months, Ian. So What's going for me, wow, it's been nuts. Like, yeah. And it has been crazy, like, and it really has brought home to me just how how hard it is to be a developer, I guess, or not hard, not this, well, oh. how, um... <laughs> Bring out the tiny violins. I, I'm not complaining, <laughs> but, like, it, like, it's definitely been, uh, what happens in technology is that it doesn't stop moving, and it's it's not a fixed point and you can't just learn one set of things you have to you it's like a a constant work in progress basically like your career as a developer and like so the last 18 months has seen me move from being doing primarily flash projects uh through playing around with things like hacks to moving to doing html5 stuff to eventually uh settling on unity as my main sort of development tool and just that process has just been massively uh horizon broadening and mm. uh overall it's like definitely a positive experience and like i really like unity um, yeah it really seems to suit me basically as a tool just start doing unity like a couple of years ago well the thing is that you know i mean if you've if you listen back to some of the older episodes like uh or if you go you can go back on my blog and find a thing that where i first started playing with unity back in like 2009 or 2010 i think yeah and i mean it's been around a long time yeah isn't it? um but the thing is that just you know my main business is like doing client uh game development and uh you know on a freelance sort of thing and most of the projects were flash games basically and so there wasn't a massive amount of unity like work and that's completely changed now so like most of the interesting games projects now tend to be unity so so I've just come off of a like a six is month. That, is that for like mobile or is it for yeah, web? Yeah, no, like it's not I mean, for think, web, is it? No, really? because I mean, and, and part of the whole thing is that uh, I think like where where people play games has shifted massively. Like flash games and even browser games, like are not really the big deal that they used to be. Like you know, people's browsing uh or computer using i don't know what the way to say it is people spend their time using things like tablets mobile phones way more and using apps rather than browsing the web necessarily especially for games so yeah and so unity is good for that because it just lets you uh target lots of platforms and obviously like air you can do the same thing with air but um yeah people seem to obviously unity is 3d so it covers you for 2d and 3d so I don't really, it might just be because I don't follow any Flash people anymore or because everyone that I still follow isn't doing it anymore. Right. But I don't, I don't hear anything about Air anymore at all. Is it still a thing? Yeah, it totally is a thing. And I just think Adobe don't, like they've got a team in India or somewhere who like keep it updated, but I don't think that like they bang on about it really. They're just trying to sort of keep the customers they have, but they've not, 
I think that like Adobe realized that every time they mention anything to do with Flash, their stock price goes down, so they just stop <laughs> doing it basically. It, but, uh, it feels like it's all in in um, maintenance mode. Yeah, but Unity's got some really nice things about it. Like, not yeah. only does it target like every platform, it's super fast and stuff. Like, it your code runs really fast, um, and that's still being improved now with the new compiler that um, they're working on. And yeah, and it's uh, it's two D and three D. The workflow is like super easy. Like, it's super easy for people like me who want like an integrated tool which is yeah. visual and code and it all integrates and that's exactly what it does so in that way it's sort of like flash was in the flash five days yeah. where you can just like i'm going to do some graphics here i'm going to move this object here i'm going to make a bit of timeline animation i'm going to just apply a really simple one-line script to this button like things like that mm. it, you can do all that it just works um so that's cool but it obviously also lets you get into like all the language features of c sharp if you want to get into um, well, like you have to use things like generics and they just make your life super easy. And then all of the like more advanced programming stuff's in there if you want as well. Mm. So so it's kind of like, I, I, I noticed that it's it's sort of like Flash in that a lot of people who aren't necessarily programmers are, are finding it's a, a reason to learn to program. Yeah. And I think it's a good meeting point for like artists, designers, developers, game designers, level designers, like it's a common language again like flash was back in the yeah. day where you know like animators and artists understood it and could work with like programmers um to make things all together like it has the same sort of advantages which is cool so i don't really have any complaints about it other than it was really expensive to buy <laughs> all the licenses but uh, now that i've got them it's fine yeah um yeah, so I've just been I've been doing a really big project. I've been working with um, an agency called Selling Else. I probably they won't mind me saying um, something else. Yeah, they did a game called uh, Papa Sangre, which is like this audio game, which is pretty cool. Hmm. It won lots of awards and things. Um, but we've been doing a game together for CBBC. Well, it's their it's their projects. I've just been like developing, doing Are the programming. You allowed to talk about it? Um, I'm not not allowed to talk about it. It's probably fine. <laughs> Uh, well, they didn't say I couldn't, so um, yeah, go for it. I think the thing is that the the client is the BBC, so yeah. it's their project to talk about, really. Yeah, if that makes sense. But yeah, is it not... been launched? No, it hasn't been launched, which is why I'm not saying specifically what it is and stuff. All right, we'll save that for a future yeah. episode then. So also in the intervening time, so I've got like uh, like I've properly learnt how to do html css and jquery and javascript um that was mostly for uh well to sort of broaden what i can offer in terms of like freelance things but also yeah. just to teach my students because that's what they needed to know um and Is that, that for sort of like game type stuff or just yeah, but also just stuff? also just like making a website so yeah. like it's it's nuts to say it but between about 2002 and or no maybe 2004 and 2012 I couldn't really actually make you like an up-to-date website if that does that make sense because I was just yeah I just was completely focused in the flash world I let everything else slide I was still like tables and inline styles and things <laughs> like that so yeah I've massively like updated my skills in terms of that stuff and yeah and like I can appreciate those things for what they are and what they're designed to do um and they're not like perfect by any means but like <laughs> they get the job done in some senses uh 
but yeah so yeah after all that I've decided uh I decided to give up teaching or lecturing this year really uh yeah so I think my last set of students I finished in when was that back in like April or May they did their final projects or I finished teaching the first years and that was it and I haven't come back this year um just because well it's something that I probably want to return to in the future so I'm not going to massively torch my bridges at this point but like it uh the sort of contract that I was on which was uh like an associate lecturer contract which is you have like fixed hours um you're not like a you're not a full-time or really a like a a part-time employee you're just but you're but it's not like it's another freelance project either that you can treat that way so it's in a weird middle ground where it's like in some ways you're expected to act like an employee but then in other ways like you're not really you don't really have the rights and sort of advantages that uh, a, a real employee does so it's sort of the worst of both worlds <laughs> the other thing is that you only get paid for your contact hours which is the time that you're actually like lecturing yeah so any um any sort of preparation and stuff that you do is like factored into that amount. But yeah. the in, what that means is that like it incentivizes minimal preparation, basically, because like if you do one, a one hour of lecture with, and you do one hour of preparation, like your time per hour, your, your hourly rate is a certain amount. Yeah. But if you did 10 hours of preparation because you really wanted it to be good, yeah, you're yeah. still getting paid the same amount of money. And so like my brain doesn't work like that. I'm a, like I'm not necessarily a perfectionist but like I want to you know I take these guys education super seriously and like I want to teach them all the things that uh like I wish I'd been taught yeah or, or that I or maybe it's, it's sort of like the more work you put in the, the, the more you enjoy the teaching as well isn't it absolutely there's nothing yeah. worse than just showing up for a lesson and, no and, and some it. things yeah some things it's like I just wanted to learn these things myself and pass that knowledge on so like uh and it's been that's been really good especially with the like just for in the last year i taught the final year game development module it's like game design game development and so that made me really think about like my knowledge of game design in a more of a formal way and like trying to set it down in, in terms of principles and rules and uh you know things that you can communicate yeah. to other people rather than just having it as a sort of well, it helps you knowledge. To, to understand it as well doesn't yeah. it yeah if yeah yeah i think teaching is really good for your brain in that way yeah exactly and it's maybe Same things you talks. already knew but you just didn't know them consciously yeah like it's funny because i was um at the last last summer at the final ever uh mochi london conference because mochi went out of business um <laughs> Yeah, there was the guy who did Icicle, Damp Nat. I forget his real name, but the, his studio is Damp Nat, and he was presenting Icicle, which is a fantastic like uh, mobile game animated thing. Um, and he's an amazing animator. And I asked him, like, this was around the same time that I was sort of preparing my notes about like game design and animation and things. And I'm like, what are your principles of animation? And like, he he was just like, mm, I just <laughs> like. I just animate things and like so all of his knowledge was is like just uh, buried buried is just what's the word I'm looking for just like a reflex or just like yeah instinctive you just know it instinctive yeah exactly yeah. 
and it's interesting to so there's some really good books like the uh, Disney Principles of Animation, mm. uh, the Illusion of Life, I think it's called, where yeah, it actually like seven things that you can make it do to something, make something like that. Yeah, right? like there was there's... a good anima- a good video of that. There's a really good video around. with like a yeah. cube, yeah, with a little and square, it, yeah, and it around. shows them all, yeah. And so just understanding things like that, it's like maybe you were doing those things already, but just yeah. having them like quantified in that way is like really. I, mean, I generally avoid that sort of academic sort of analy- an- analy- analysis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Analysis. I always get have trouble with that word. Um, I generally try and avoid that sort of academic analysis, but um, I do think that it can be good just sometimes to solidify it. Because some, sometimes by trying to sort of explain it to someone else, you figure out like the most simplest, elegant minimalist way to describe that thing right yeah and i think if you can do that if you can sort of distill it down to its core then yeah. then that helps you explain it also helps you understand it right yeah and i think that so doing the lecturing stuff it was it's massively improved my confidence in front of an audience and things like yeah. that i mean also doing the podcast has had the same effect but i just think back to some of the early like uh user group sessions or conferences that i did where i was like super nervous before and it's just like i've done it so many times now like with with way less preparation that i'm sort of yeah more used to it and so that's that's been good so and i think it's something that i'd like to do you know when i've got my other ambitions out of the way i I definitely would like to return to teach it or lecturing cool but not for a while and then so my other ambitions being like working on my own game so yeah back in the old podcast days uh you were working on a game super gun kids yeah yeah so i I mean and that was all built in flash and i was doing the art and you spent like a year or something on it off and on like actual full-time hours definitely like a few months worth of work yeah but um spread over so you finished it now uh i mean it's it's about 80 percent done but it's never (sighs) going to be released because (sighs) because uh, just flash games doesn't exist anymore. Like <laughs> independent flash games, like as a market, like things like Congregate, Newgrounds, yeah. uh, Armor Games, and stuff. It's like yeah. it's there's just a few guys left doing it. Yeah, but it's, it's not what it used to be. Basically, like so there's because it used to be that you could just stick a game on up on your server, a flash game with some adverts, and you could make some money. Right? Yeah, so that, that yeah. was the or business you could, model for yeah. people like Nitrome and yeah. stuff like or that. Or you could, it? I mean, Nitrome is still doing fine. Like them, them are they st- still doing the same business model? Yeah, with... because the thing is, though, that they are like a port, they're their own portal, basically. Yeah. So lots of people just, just go to Nitrome, just go to, to Nitrome.com and play games. And yeah. I mean, they're, they're expanding into mobile as well. Like they did a game with uh, Rovio. So they've got like other avenues and things but just in terms of being like an independent game dev who's not like the portal owner i think that's sort of gone away really yeah um but then there's other avenues now like steam and the mobile app store so that's where i'm sort of diverting my attention so we're doing so the other big difference is that um like I'm working full time with Amanda now, who's doing all the art. So yeah, when I started out on Super Gun Kids, like I was doing all the art, and I got a lot better at art. But then I realised where the extent of my abilities lies. Whereas Amanda, as she was doing, like she started out doing the backgrounds, and as she was doing more and more of it, it was just she was kept getting better and better. Basically, where her stuff was like so far beyond what I could do that it just made total sense. 
I mean, and that's what we wanted to do all along anyway, is both of us work together in the studio. Um, so that's what we're doing now. And uh, it's working out really great. Like we've, so, we've, we've so done several... Basically... And like you did a contract for a few months to earn some money, presumably to give you some time to work on your own yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, so like, uh, yeah, exactly. It's like you have to do some contracting to earn some money, to get some runway, to work on the game. And then mm. when you run out of money, you have to go back to doing some more, doing another contract. So, yeah. but I mean, yeah. So that's all really cool. And me and Amanda have worked together on some client projects that yeah. have worked out really well as well. Oh, cool. So that's great. And we've put loads of time into the new version of the game and it looks fantastic. Super Gun uh, Kids. No, it's not called that. We have we don't know what the name is, but we it's a re it's the same sort of game mechanics because we yeah. know that the game mechanics were good, but everything else is completely rebuilt. So okay. it's all built in Unity. Uh, all the graphics are way higher res and more interesting. It's more of a painterly style. Mm. Um, so you could reuse some of the stuff, right? It's more just using the knowledge. It's yeah. using everything I learned about, especially about the game design and mechanics side of it. Um, I mean, in Unity, you have to do like a lot of the systems that I built from scratch in Super Gun Kids in the Flash version, like the Bones animation system. I was able to just like buy for $30, like an <laughs> off the shelf thing on the asset store that does exactly the same stuff that I spent like weeks programming. Yeah. So well, that's good. It's great. There's yeah. a strong community. Yeah, and the fact that like they have the asset store, which uh, gives people an incentive to make things, mm. like it, and release them um, rather than like sitting on their knowledge, uh, is fantastic. Like in yeah. Flash, somehow we had that with just people sharing stuff for free. Like people would do these insane projects that were weeks and months of work, things like Paper Vision, <laughs> and would just open source them. Uh, yeah. But with Unity, there's more of a sort of like ecosystem. There is, yeah. There's a like people that can make money out of exactly uh, and like that stuff yeah. Away. If you have something that really fills a a gap in what Unity can like is offers, you can fill that in yourself in the asset store and like make a decent amount of money, and mm. that works brilliantly for both both ways around for everyone yeah. really. So yeah yeah it's good all right well that's cool well we've been going for quite a while so we should probably think about wrapping it up it's been like yeah. 35 minutes it is should we wrap it up now and and talk about these other things next time yes okay let's do that let's do that we can, what's well what, what are you doing it's christmas right <laughs> yeah so i'm getting see i've been super christmasy for the last month I put, really? yeah i think the tw well the 26th of december or 28th i put i put up the november sorry i put up the decorations are you big on christmas i love it yeah just because oh, like christmas Brilliant. i'm normally super stressed out with work and yeah. so it's just a time to have something where it's just like oh i'm actually going to get some time off because like nice i didn't when... get a, i didn't get a summer holiday this year because i was I, I was contracting busy. so busy all through all of it but it's like you always get your your christmas holiday like you know, you know, it's like, it's like emails stop, right? Yeah. Emails just stopped and yeah. Twitter's just stopped. People have stopped. <laughs> it's really nice because I've, I've had a pretty severely busy few months and up until last week. And now it's just, oh, I just don't know what I'm going to do now. Just chill out. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. It's good, but I feel really tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can also just sleep. Mm. I've been doing lots of that. Well, that's good. Well... It's good to be back, isn't it? I hope everyone enjoyed our 
our return, like the prodigal sons. Yeah, it felt, you know... It's just like nothing's... Just the, like old times. Just the same as ever, really. I, I'm, same old nonsense. I'm, I definitely feel like older and more jaded. I'm, yeah, as I get as I get towards my mid thirties, I'm definitely like <laughs> I'm f- reaching that feeling my age thing because I never felt any older between when I was eighteen and when I was tw- twenty eight. Like it was like no time. I, I I was definitely felt like the same person. Yeah. Whereas now I'm starting to just feel like slightly different about the world, more chilled out, more yeah. um, more stoic. Yeah. I care less about things. <laughs> does that make sense oh yeah i mean i think i'm pretty cynical whereas like 10 years ago i would have been like doing a project for the bbc would have just been like so amazing and exciting i couldn't possibly imagine anything better and now it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not so much that like i still like having interesting projects but it's more yeah. like when when things are all going wrong and it's you're up against the wall and it's deadlines yeah i never feel like it's the end of the world I know that even right. if everything went wrong and I some and yeah. I didn't deliver the project, like not that I would, but like I still know that it doesn't matter in the broader scheme of life. It's like, like your will threshold be fine. for stress just goes up, like the more you yeah. have to deal with, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's like, and you just you just deal with it, like yeah, yeah. So Pretty good, really getting the hang of it. Yeah, now I've hit my <laughs> early thirties. <30s. laughs> <laughs> All right, I might be massively lying about my age. I definitely think things when I hit 30 I f- figured out that I could communicate a bit better verbally I could use words better yeah, <laughs> yeah I still imagine what it was like point. before right <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I think in my mid to late 30s I don't know things seem to start coming together a little bit maybe I'm getting the hang of it I don't know maybe not you make it look easy Seth stop lying <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's been great to be back. I hope you've all enjoyed it. Have a brilliant Christmas. I like it. And, and I guess we'll insert the, the the music, which will instantly take people back. Yeah. With Maybe with some jingle bells. Jingle bells, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll see what I can do in post. How do we finish them? We just go, bye, in the city. Oh, yeah, that's it. Excellent. Have a great couple of weeks, everyone. <laughs> bye. Bye.